Hey everyone, welcome to Mommy's Crime Time. And today I want to talk about a case that is unlike any other, a case that has a little bit of everything in it, and one that in all of my studies of true crime, I have never seen one quite like this. I'm talking about two dead spouses, one dead brother, and two missing children. Let's talk about Lori Vallow Daybell and the bizarre case surrounding her. So I guess we should go ahead and get ready to jump right on into this and talk about how not only are there two dead spouses, one dead brother, and two missing children, there's also attempted murders, doomsday prepping, and a suspected cult among this story. It encompasses more than most crimes or, you know, documentaries on crime can cover in several different cases, let alone all of this being in one case. So let's start where this started unfolding at, and that would be in Rexburg, Idaho. Now, in Rexburg, Idaho, you had Lori Vallow living with her daughter, Tylee, who is 17, and her son, Joshua, who's referred to as JJ, 7. Now, Joshua was adopted. He was the grandson of Lori's husband, Charles, his sister, okay? So, technically, it's the nephew. He's autistic, so Lori and Charles took him in to take care of him because the grandparents that were in Louisiana just weren't able to give him everything that he needed and provide him with a life that they felt like he deserved. So they loved him very much and they still spoke to him all the time. They FaceTimed him, they still saw him, all of these things on a regular basis. Now, in November, they decided that they needed to call in a welfare check on JJ because they had not been able to speak to him since August. And their last contact with him was extremely short. This last conversation was less than 40 seconds. And they said that while speaking to him, it was almost as if it was staged. You know, he was having a hard time talking. He was looking away and it was cut short. So they started to really worry about him. They had tried to contact Lori several times and not gotten anywhere with her. So they decided that they should call the police. Now, where they had been living was Arizona. So at this point, they didn't even have the address for where they were because Lori had cut off contact. So Charles, who passed away, I'll tell you how, Lori's husband, his sister Kay, the grandmother of JJ, had actually gotten into her late brother's Gmail account. And when she got into that Gmail account, there were Amazon purchases with another address. This address was Rexburg, Idaho. So she contacts law enforcement and they come in to do this well check on JJ. Now, this was on December, or I'm sorry, my bad, November 26th. So when they get there, they see Lori's brother, Alex, along with Chad Daybell, who guess what? Also has a very, very recently deceased spouse. Now, the brother, you know, he's, you know, he does, maybe JJ's with a friend or he's, originally he says he's with his grandparents in Louisiana. Well, they let him know, obviously not because we are here because that's who called in this welfare check. 
Now, Chad likes to pretend as if he didn't know anything about anything. He barely knew Lori, and he did not even have her phone number. Mind you, they were married. We'll get to that, don't worry. Later, they finally get the phone number from him. They do speak with Lori, and she tells them that JJ is staying with a friend in Arizona. So over the next 24 hours, law enforcement decides that they need to check into this. And when they do get in touch with this other person that supposedly JJ was with, I think her name was Melanie Gibbs, it comes out that she doesn't have JJ. So they obtain a search warrant and they go back to the house. This is the very next day. And when they get there, guess what? Lori and Chad have fled left up and gone so obviously they knew there was something going on they needed to get away before the shit hit the fan so this started making a lot of people question you know where are the children i mean you know they're not where they where she said they were now we do know since all of this has happened you know that lori had gone to the school that jj attended Kennedy Elementary School and she withdrew JJ from school. Now this happened in September. Very alarming that you're in November. It goes along with the story that the you know the grandparents had been up with them August and you're finding out that she actually had withdrawn him from school and she said that she was going to begin to homeschool him. She also decided in August that she was going to return his service dog. As I said, he was autistic and he had a service dog named Bailey that he was, you know, very attached to. And this dog helped him a lot. So they've been in Idaho since September. And during this time is also when JJ is last seen and when he is also withdrawn from school after only about three days into the school year. So all these things are alarming, but more alarming is the fact that nobody really knows where Chad and Lori went. They completely flee, and this leads to them trying to find them for a while. Now, Lori had not given any information. She did not want to talk about the kids. So finally, on December 20th, law enforcement announced the children as missing because they had not been able to locate them. They had not been able to get any information from Lori about where the children were. So again, this was very alarming. By December 21st, they announced that Chad and Lori were persons of interest, considering they had given so many conflicting accounts as to where the children were. On the 30th, they say the kids are in danger, Lori is not being compliant, and she left the state. So at this point, we have no idea where the kids are, Lori's not helping. No one has seen them, talked to them. Nobody knows where they are. They don't even know where Lori and Chad have gone. This starts a giant manhunt trying to find them and see what kind of information they do have in reference to where the children are, which seems to be at that point the biggest thing going on. But believe me, there were things going on behind the scenes that they didn't exactly know were going on. Now, Lori had been married five times. This was her fifth marriage to Chad. Her husband, Charles Ballow, had actually just died back in July, on July 11th. He died because he was shot and killed by her brother, Alex. 
Alex claimed that he was acting in self-defense, that Charles came after him with a baseball bat and he had no choice but to shoot him in order to protect himself, you know, Lori and her daughter. This again, pretty disturbing. But let me give you a little bit of background on Lori and Charles. Lori had always been described as a great mom, a very attentive mom. It appeared to everyone that her children were her world and they were a very, you know, wealthy family. She met in Charles Vallows in, I believe, Las Vegas, and they were married in February of 2006. And that was Lori's fourth marriage. Now, Lori was a devout Mormon, the Church of Latter-day Saints. So Charles actually converted from Catholic to Mormon for Lori. And Lori and Charles adopted JJ, as I said. JJ was seven years old, but they adopted him years before. He was autistic, and he seemed to be the center of their world. Now, they did move to Hawaii for a short period of time, but then they did move back two years later to Arizona. Now, during this time in Arizona, things were good for a while until February of 2019, where Lori up and disappears and goes to Hawaii. She goes to her friend's house, April. She knocks on the door, asks if she can stay there. And she tells April that she's leaving Charles and, you know, he had cheated on her. She makes all these allegations against him. Now, April says that Lori was very different and that she was not the Lori that she knew that had used to live there. They used to be very good friends. They did a lot of things together. But this Lori was totally different, not the same Lori. And Lori was accompanied by Tylee, but JJ was not with her. Apparently, JJ was back at home with his dad, Charles. During this time, Charles also filed for divorce because he also had noticed some extremely strange things about Lori. Lori actually threatened to kill him if he got in her way because of her religion. She confessed that she was a god and that she was here to save the 144,000 in the second coming of Christ, which was coming in July of 2020. Again, she threatened to kill him if he got in the way of this, you know, crazy thing she had going on. She told her friend April that he had a demon inside of him and she was just waiting to find out he had been killed. She was waiting for that phone call. This was before anything had happened to him, so it was very strange. She had gotten into a podcast with a guy named Chad. This is Chad Daybell. Now, Chad has written over 25 books, and a lot of his writings are about the apocalypse and the end of days and about his spiritual, spiritual side and how he seems to have one foot in the grave, and, but he has this one foot in the real world and the other foot is in the spiritual world because he had these two near-death experiences that gave him the ability to speak to ancestors and have an insight into the other world, into the spirit world. Yes, very crazy. So she's gotten, you know, hooked on all this stuff, reading these books and listening to this podcast, becoming a part of the podcast later. So she is obsessed with this, this theory that the world's going to end and she's going to be, you know, part of this 144,000 and that her husband has a demon in him. She even told him that she would murder him and angels would dispose of his body if he got in the way. 
So this is something he stated in the divorce papers that he had filed in February of 2019. This is something that was very, very, I mean, he told his sister Kay, which was JJ's grandmother, about this. So other people were aware that she had gone down this religious path and had began to take this religion way too seriously. She stayed in Hawaii for about two months, and then she went back to Arizona, and her friend April assumed that she was back with Charles. Apparently, they reconciled for a short period of time, and during this period of time, he did withdraw the divorce, but they ultimately did separate again. Now, on the morning of July 11th, Charles went to the home. He was supposed to pick up JJ, take him to school, and that is when this incident happened where, according to them, he forgot his phone inside. He came back inside to get it, and he caught Lori on his phone. This sparked an argument. It got very heated. Tylee comes out with a baseball bat, and then he assaults her uncle, Alex. Alex gets the bat, or I'm sorry, no. He assaults, Charles is trying to assault Alex. Alex says that Charles has the bat. He hits him with the bat, so Alex has no choice but to shoot him twice in the chest and kill him. Now, when Lori gets back to the scene, she had left to take the son to school to get him away from, from the scene. She is not upset. She's smiling. She does not act like her husband, even if he were estranged, had just been murdered. And she actually has a pool party that same day, almost like she's celebrating the death of Charles. She also waits until the next day to text. Text, okay? Not call, but to text Charles's two sons to let them know that their dad was dead. This is terrible. I cannot believe that she would do that. How could you call someone or not call them? You could just text them and say, oh yeah, by the way, your dad's dead. Very, very horrible on her part. So what does she do next? She decides that she needs to move from Arizona to Idaho to be closer to Chad Daybell and his podcast. And that is exactly what she does. So we've talked about Lori and her past and about, you know, how Lori came to move to Idaho, to Rexburg, Idaho. But let's talk a little bit about Chad Daybell. Chad was a, also a Mormon. He was a missionary. He had always been described as a, a great man. He was a, you know, role model missionary. He was very, very active in church. He was very successful. As I said, he had written 25 books. And along with those 25 books, he also owned his own publishing company. So he was very, very, you know, well-known. And then when he got into this podcast, his name pretty much just exploded everywhere. Everyone knew who he was. I mean, he was really big in this. And a lot of his beliefs have began to be followed by a lot of people, including Lori. Now, not only did Lori follow him, but she also recruited her niece to begin to follow him. At the time that her niece began following him, she was married, and her husband, he wasn't into this. They separate, and he's pulling into his driveway one day, and someone tries to shoot and kill him. He actually gets away. He gets, up, gets law enforcement. But he does describe the vehicle of the person who tried to shoot him as the vehicle of Charles Vallow, who has been deceased. But he says the person driving was, again, Alex Cox, the brother of Lori. So this is another attempt at a murder. You know, in the Mormon religion, divorce isn't exactly something that they do. So, you know, Lori's husband has been shot and killed. And now you have her niece's husband, who is 
been attempted to be killed. So this is crazy and it starts like there's a private investigator who gets involved. He starts connecting things like, for example, Alex's involvement with the murder of Charles, you know, was it really, you know, self-defense, that sort of thing. So back to Chad Daybell, he had had these two, you know, two near-death experiences and that's when he thought he had like this one foot or this window into the spirit world. So he's writing these books about the end of the world and he has this revelation that he needs to move his family, which is his wife, Tammy, and their five children to Idaho. He's a major doomsday prepper. So he's in this end of days podcast. Of course, Lori joins this podcast. Now, on October 9th, Tammy Daybell, which is Chad's wife, posts on Facebook and also calls the police because she's approached while getting something out of her car in the driveway by a masked man. She says it almost looks like he has a paintball gun and he attempts to shoot her in her driveway, but the gun didn't go off, something like that, and he ran away. Now, we already know there's been attempted murder against a nephew of Lori Vallow. Now, the wife of Chad Daybell has almost been murdered in her driveway in the same manner they were trying to kill the other, the other, the other gentleman. So, it leads you to wonder, is it the same person who's attempting to kill her as tried to kill Brandon Bordeaux as well as the person who shot and killed Charles Vallow? So, again, attempted murder and murder is already showing up here. Now, shortly after this, at 49 years old, Tammy dies in her sleep. And she had just been seen by family shortly before this. And they described her as being healthy. You know, nothing wrong with her. She seemed to be perfectly fine. But on October 19th, she dies in her sleep. Chad says she went to bed coughing and never woke up. So it's ruled natural causes. She's buried. They said that, you know, Chad was acting as a mourning and, you know, very upset husband should. So what happens? 14 days. 14 days after Tammy's death, Chad and Lori are married in Hawaii. Now, the children, Tylee and JJ, are not pictured in any of these wedding photos. So this is very odd that she's, they've gotten married this, like, you know, so close and right after the death of both their spouses, but especially the spouse, spouse of Chad, who has only been dead two weeks and he's already remarried. So this is when, you know, law enforcement starts to look closer at Tammy's death and they're starting to connect all of these different things between now the children aren't there, you know, they can't find the children. You've got Charles Vallow dead. You've got these other two attempted murders. So it's all starting to look like a grand conspiracy or something like that. So on December 11th, they actually exhumed the body of Tammy Daybell. Now, we have not gotten the results of this autopsy yet. We're still waiting for that, but they have ruled it as suspicious. So we're waiting to find out what happened there. They also went back on January 3rd to the Daybell home and searched it and took about 43 items out of this home. So they, they, they're, they're putting it all together at this point, and they're starting to see that something is not quite adding up. So at this point, we're, you know, we're in December, and we know that the kids are missing. They haven't been able to find them. We know that Charles Vallow is dead. We know Tammy Daybell is dead. We know there's been attempted murder of Lori's nephew because of his wife being into this religious group. And we know that there was an attempted murder of Tammy Daybell before her death. 
So all of this is adding up to look pretty bad on Lori and Chad. Again, they fled the state of Idaho and no one knew where they was. So this is, you know, it's imperative to find them because they want to know where are the kids. Regardless of everything else, the biggest thing was where are the kids? Now, Lori, of course, she lied over and over to the police in the beginning, and then she just blatantly ignored them. Charles had told his sister, Kay, that Lori didn't want JJ anymore. We know she had originally tried to sell JJ's service dog and then actually surrendered it back to the training location where it had been from. So then you start looking at things that don't add up in these court documents. And in these court documents, there are a lot of things that are a major red flag. But we'll get to that in just a moment. So eventually, Chad and Lori are found in Hawaii. And of course, it's the area of Hawaii where Lori loved to be and always was with, you know, her husband and where she went back to visit during that time when she told people that her and Charles were separated. So after this, she is, you know, basically told she has to produce these children. They're giving her this like deadline. You have a certain amount of days that you have got to produce these children so we can see that they are okay. Guess what? She doesn't produce the children. But before that happened, her brother Alex died in December. What happened to him? They have not released anything about his death to the public yet. He had recently married a member of Chad's group, so it's very hard to believe that it was an accidental death. So now you've got her brother dead, her ex or her husband was dead, Chad's wife's dead, and now her brother, who was the suspected, you know, gunman of the other two attempted murders, as well as the, the murder of her husband, he's dead. So this is troubling as well. Now we know that Lori was very, very mad when she found out that Charles had taken her off of his life insurance policy. He gave this money to his sister Kay, and this infuriated Lori because it was like a million dollar policy. We know that Chad got over $400,000 in life insurance money from the death of his wife, Tammy. So it's, you know, was it money driven? We don't know, but still the biggest thing about this is where are the kids? So as I said, we know that the autopsy of Alex has not been released. We know that Lori and Chad were found in Hawaii. The children were not in with them. There was no record of the children flying there, and there had been no sightings of the children since they moved into a townhouse there on December 12th. Now, as I said, she was given five days to produce the children, which she did not. On December 26th, they were served with um, warrants and questioned, but they were not arrested at that point. January 28th, they were spotted, you know, heading out to the beach, just a normal day for them, like nothing was going on. And on the 20 or on the 30th, that deadline had come and Lori did not produce the children. So three days after that, Chad and Lori went to church and she just claimed that all of this was a media hype. It wasn't that big of a deal, that sort of thing. Now, we do know that Lori had rented a storage unit in October, less than two miles from her house. There was a search warrant executed on that storage unit, and basically all that was found in there were the kids' items, as in, you know, JJ's bicycle, his scooter, family photos, blankets, very personal items that you would think that you would want to take with you. 
Now, the surveillance of this storage unit had showed Lori and Alex, as well as Lori and Chad, taking some extremely heavy totes in and out of the storage unit and then removing them. So they would bring them in, then take them right back out. None of these totes were in there at the time that they executed the search warrant. So again, we don't know what were in those, but it's very, very, you know, alarming that they were, you could tell these were heavy totes. If you see the security footage, you could see her struggling or, or the men struggling to carry them. So what were in them? So finally, on Thursday, February 20th, Lori Vallow was arrested in Hawaii and she was put into jail on a $5 million bond. We know her next court date is going to be March 2nd. And why? Because she is fighting her extradition. She, it has to be verified that she is Lori Valla. They got to compare fingerprints, witness statements, all of this. Now, she could agree just to go ahead and be extradited back to Idaho, you know, to be questioned and ultimately tell where her children are. But instead, she's decided to fight this, which is perfectly fine. They'll fight it and she'll be sent back regardless. All she's doing is prolonging this investigation and making it harder for everyone around her. She seems to just not care. She doesn't show any, she's defiant. She, in her mugshot, she just looks at them. She doesn't care. Why? Because they're not worried about death. These people truly believe the world is going to end on, of all days, July 20th of 2020. So they are not concerned at all with what's going to happen to them because they think they're all going to die anyway, or they're going to be saved by God and everyone else is going to die. So she's not real worried about this. Now, in some of Chad's writings, it has alluded at the fact that, you know, this is going to be a very bad time with the coming, the second coming. And a lot of people are going to die. It's going to be tragic. It's going to be bad. And maybe you'd want to spare people from this. They don't look at death as being a tragedy. They're looking at death more as a safe haven from this, as a safe place to go so that you don't have to suffer this, you know, horrible time that's coming very, very soon. This is again alarming because it makes you wonder what did she do with her children? Did she do something to her kids because she thinks, you know, well, the end of the world's coming. So it'd be best if I just go ahead and, you know, kill my kids so that they don't have to go through it. Don't like that. It's very scary. Worries me. Now, obviously she's lied quite a bit. She's been defiant. She hasn't wanted to be honest with anyone. She has told people that Tylee died back in 2017. And Chad has told people that his wife was empty nester, that she did not have any minor children. So there's a lot of things that just don't seem to make sense. In the court documents, we did find out what Lori is charged with, what she's facing, and some new information that we did not know before her arrest. Now, she's charged with five different things. One of them, which actually there are two of these charges because there are two children, Desertion and non-support of children or spouse. So there's a charge for Tylee and a charge for JJ. Both of these are felonies and they are for up to 14 year sentence each. She's also charged with resisting and or obstructing an officer, which is a misdemeanor. She's charged with solicitation because she tried to get her friend, Melanie Gibbs, to lie and say that she had JJ and also contempt, which is also a misdemeanor for not producing the children. So in these documents, we find that she withdrew JJ from Kennedy Elementary School after three weeks of enrollment. He was last seen by neighbors on September 23rd. She said she would be homeschooling him. There are no reports of JJ during November while Lori was being surveyed in reference to the attempted murder 
of her niece's ex-husband, so that this officer never saw JJ during this month. Again, there are no photos of the children in the November 5th wedding photos. They talk about how during this welfare check, Chad and, and Alex were present. They said they were, he, that JJ was with grandparents. And then, you know, Chad pretends not to have the number. He doesn't know her well. When they finally get in contact with her, she's saying that JJ's with Melanie Gibb. And Melanie informs law enforcement that Chad and Lori had contacted her several times asking her to lie. We also learned that Colby Ryan, who was the brother of Tylee from one of the previous marriages of Lori, he says the last time he spoke to his sister was August 30th. And that since then, Lori had done nothing but give excuses as to why Tylee could not talk. Tylee told, or Lori told people that Tylee was enrolled at BYU. They did check this. She was never enrolled there. Lori told some neighbors JJ was with his grandmother. But there was doorbell camera footage captured of JJ on September 17th. We know that going by the phone records, Tylee, JJ, Lori, and her brother Alex went to the Yellowstone National Park on September 8th. There's a photo of Tylee at the entrance, and there's also a photo of Tylee in the iCloud account, but this is the last recorded record at all of Tylee. She's not been seen or heard from since, minus a text message in October to a friend, but this friend states it does not sound like Tylee, it was not written like Tylee, and she did not believe that's who she spoke with. Now, Chad and Lori flew American Airlines to Hawaii. They were alone on December 1st. There were no other tickets bought. Again, there were no reports or sightings of the kids in Hawaii. And Lori had gotten a babysitter for JJ. She later called her back after, you know, being there for a little bit and told her she was no longer needed. They executed a search warrant of the home. Now, they found two beach chair chairs, two towels, two yoga mats. They found no items for children, and they found the second bedroom had not been used. It also talks about how on August 30th, the service dog had been returned, and Chad told his parents Lori was an empty nester. And that he told his deceased wife's sister that Lori had no juvenile children and they have looked through the bank records and there's no indication of any money going to the children. So at this point, what we've all been asking, where are the children? Lori knows, I'm sure Chad knows, but they're not talking. Will she ever tell? No telling. The family's devastated around this. They want answers. They want to know where these children are. They do love them. And at this, like they have no answers. And Lori is just being so hateful and defiant and just nonchalant. She will not tell anything. I am anxious of what this next court date is going to be. If they are going to, you know, get anything out of her. Obviously, she's going to get extradited back. She can fight it all she wants, but she's going to be sent back to Idaho. And I'm hoping and praying that maybe something comes up. I do wonder what she did with JJ. It does almost sound as if they did something to Tylee at Yellowstone or Yellowstone National Park. So I'm very, you know, worried about that. Have they searched that area? They're not giving us a whole lot of information. They did just release these court documents. This did just happen in the last couple of days. So whatever she did with them, whether she thinks she was doing the right thing for them or she thinks that they're in a better place, it's still not okay. There's no closure. They are investigating the death of Tammy Daybell. Now, Alex is dead, so obviously there's something that can come of what happened with him and the attempted murders and Charles being killed. But all I know is that these two people have left a lot of death and heartache in their wake. And I hope and pray maybe Chad will break now that Lori's in jail. The judge did deny bail for her. Her attorney did ask that it be lowered to $10,000. And he said, or she said, no way, $5 million. 
Lori was not happy about this, but she will be in jail until her next court day. And then I have all suspicions she will be sent back to Idaho. So at this point, that's all we know. All I know is this is a crazy case. Don't understand how there can be so much going on. I don't understand how she was able to go months without, you know, being questioned or brought in over her children. They've been missing basically since September and she's gotten this long. So let's all hope and pray that maybe they are safe. Maybe they're stashed somewhere, but it doesn't quite sound that way. Even Tylee's aunt has made the statement that she doesn't believe that they are alive. So as soon as there's more information on this case, I'll definitely let everyone know. Remember to stay tuned. Follow me on YouTube. You can subscribe to Mommy's Crime Time. You can also find me on Facebook. Of course, my podcast. I hope y'all have a wonderful night and I will update you as soon as more information is available.